Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is WEEI Late Night with KJ Carson on WEEI. I just wanted to clarify something that you said on the radio yesterday with uh, WEEI, if that's okay, just um, I think you said it was too late in the year to make any kind of dramatic changes offensively in the thing. Well, I I mean, look, we're not going to go to the, you know, wishbone offense here. We're not going to run the beer. Defensively, we're not going to change into a, you know, run some other team's defense or whatever. That's, yeah, major changes, like, yeah, absolutely. It would be, be able to practice it. Would changing, making a change of play call qualify? Yeah. But again, the system that we have in place, I feel good about. So, which includes the offensive staff, it includes me, it includes you know whatever the whole process is. Yeah. On defense, on offense, on special teams. The second hour of Late Night WEEI. It's KJ. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Oh, boy, the song remains the same with Bill and the whole offensive situation. No, we're not running the wishbone, but my God. Something's broken. That's for sure. And for Belichick to say he's comfortable with his staff, who he has in place and so forth, it, it just feeds the narrative. Bill wants the people on the staff he wants on his staff. The system that we have in place, I feel good about. Now, that is what's that is a very interesting comment because I think it leads to the theory that I've had all along that's occurred this season. Is once Bailey Zappi got into the game and and made something really bad look good, suddenly it couldn't just all be the offensive play calling. It couldn't be. I mean, it's the same offensive line. It's the same staff. It's the same play calls, well, at least in the call system. That I think the Patriots and Bell Belichick are just ready to ride whatever this is out. Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones compete straight up head-to-head for the job next season. All because... Bailey Zappi made this bad offensive coordinator look good in a couple of games. And so really the challenge is going to be, is Mac Jones one of those who seems to know more than his coaches, but yet if the coaches don't care, 
you know, like maybe Robert Greene's book, 48 Laws of Power, Never Outshine the Master. Yeah, you might know more than what they do, but if their master or their head coach or their boss sees that it works in any situation and that situation is still here, yeah. I look, I look, I I I get it. I don't want to see Max suddenly become just persona non grata. That's not it at all. But again, for Mac to have a solid 100% case against what's going on and what isn't going on with his offense, you would have hoped that Bailey Zappi had a couple of bad games running that same offense. That didn't happen. Now it makes sense why you get pulled in that Bears game, and they put him in there. They let you start, Mac, and they pull you. Because they say, okay, we know what it is moving forward. We'll show Mac this. Well, it's like showing a blitz. Right? I try and do it all the time on Madden when I play these 10-year-old kids, and I, I get dusted. They're like, oh, he's still man-to-man on the outside. Touchdown, hit the X. Look, when Mac Jones got pulled out of the game, I think that was Belichick's way of saying, you can be replaced. You can be replaced. Doesn't mean you're being replaced now for good, but you can be. So that's why I said it doesn't matter what Mac does in a game moving forward, good or bad, he will play the entire game. He won't be benched. There won't be any quarterback controversy because they can kind of sit back and relax. If he can have his own people, Bill can have his own people, and this other guy understands the offense, there's going to be a quarterback competition, folks, in, in spring training. And if Mac doesn't want that, do you think they're going to say, please, Max, stay? <laughs> we, want you, we want you to stay because of what we've seen this year? So, yeah, I totally agree. The offensive coordinating stuff that you're seeing is like, what is going on? But the caveat is someone made it look good. And because of that, they can hang their hat onto that. It was like this girl named Nicole in high school. I probably asked Nicole to be my girlfriend at least seven or eight times, easily seven or eight times. And this is over like a three-year span, Joe. So on time number nine, I got smart. I said, you know what? Can we just hang out? Let's be friends. Okay, let's hang out. That's what Bailey Zappi's doing right now. He's just hanging out. Okay. Arizona, Monday night. Um, Look, the Patriots have problems with mobile quarterbacks this year. And their ability to scramble puts the defense in situations where, okay, you almost can't be as aggressive as you want to moving forward because the person, you know, Murray can take off or Justin Fields has, you know, do you now start bringing in a spy to account for them? And now that's one less heavier body out there to stop the run. Um, you know, Arizona. Chase Edmonds and and their running game has been questionable at times, uh, and that's a benefit. You would hope that Arizona will try to throw the ball around a lot, and that will that would fit right into the wheelhouse of the Patriots, despite what you've seen the last couple of weeks, right? Um, if you say like Justin Jefferson one, Stephon Diggs one a, then you get to DeAndre Hopkins, who's still incredibly. This will be a real test where you feel like okay, we're not defending Justin Jefferson or Stephon Diggs, but this is going to be a test again. 
And so I'm sure everything is all eyes on Kyler Murray. And here's Dietrich Wise discussing how the team is looking at preparing for him. You know, we kind of keep everybody in the same bucket of just scramble quarterbacks as long as we, we keep them in the My pocket. God. And we did, I think we, we have done a better job uh, game after game and keeping quarterbacks in the pocket. Like, we haven't had a lot of coaches run around us and make a lot of plays. We had, like, one game. But other than that, uh, we've done a great job of rushing together as a unit. Is Murray the fastest, do you think? Honestly, I can't even tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't played against him yet in, in a long time. So, yeah. yeah, I'll tell you after the game. <laughs> yeah. Because you wouldn't, it, Justin Fields was fast, but Kyler Murray is faster. And I think the idea is that you're going to want to have to mentally frustrate him into making errors with his arm where the run game isn't going to factor in. Uh, Joe, I'm going to call a cut off of, you know, just this kind of an audible here. Can you play the cut number four from Belichick on what separates Kyler Murray from other dual threat quarterbacks? I'll give you a couple of seconds if you need to get to it because Josh Allen, Tua, um, Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson all caused havoc, but yet didn't. It, Lamar Jackson didn't take off for, you know, 100. Well, I think he did do 100 yards. You know, Josh Allen is one who's not going to always take off for a bunch of running yards because he has that offensive weapon, you know, downfield. And I think that's the same thing with Kyler Murray. So it's not like Kyler Murray is just a legs guy. He does have a a sharp arm. I think it's going to be very key for the offense for the defensive line to get hands up. He's shorter in statue, but he can make moves with his arms. Here's Belichick on Kyler Murray uh, being different than other dual uh, threat quarterbacks. Uh, he's already got you know a few records and and obviously a lot of production, a couple of pro, pro bowls and all that. Uh, you know, in three years, so yeah, very talented guy, um, athletic, quick, elusive, fast. Obviously, a lot different than a guy like Josh Allen, but productive and athletic, but you know, less size and maybe a little more speed and quickness, that kind of thing. But yeah, tough guy to defend. Uh, extends a lot of plays, um, and they, you know, he's in the quarterback run game. You know, Cliff sees them on that, and um, yeah. you know, I mean, Cliff obviously looked coached in college, had Mahomes and everything else, so he knows how to use and put pressure on defenses with athletic quarterbacks. So. Not only does Murray do it, but he's also in a system that I would say you know, probably enhances it. Yeah, Murray's the second leader rusher in all that team with like 415 yards. So that's going to be part of the game that goes along with them. But at the same time, the receiving game is nothing to sneeze at. Connor, 35 receptions. Rondell Moore, who's been banged up, 56 receptions. Uh, Hollywood Brown, 72. Zach Ertz, 69. DeAndre Hopkins, 64. So there's the ability to spread the ball around. A.J. Green is starting to pop up a little bit. 36 receptions at one point would disappeared. So that would be the concern is if you have to dedicate another person just to keep an eye on Kyler Murray, what does that take away from the defense that it does well? Yeah, I just mentioned the odds. Of one and a half, the Patriots are a point and a half favorite. And I almost wonder what's baked in is the dysfunctionality that's been going on with Cliff Kingsbury, this team, Kyler Murray. I think just last week he had to address uh, uh, Patrick Peterson, who used to be with Arizona, now with the Vikings, making comments saying that Kyler Murray only cares about Kyler Murray. So I'm sure there's some things that Kyler Murray has to wants to prove for himself. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, he's just such a dangerous weapon when it comes to 
Uh, not only his arm, he's got 14 touchdowns, seven interceptions. His, inter- in his interception rate is low. It's only 1.8. 235 yards a game. So look, this guy can get now. He, he will go down 25 sacks so far this year. So you get him mentally scrambled, you might be able to pull some things off. I'll tell you this right now. If by some chance that the Patriots pull off this game, pull off the game against the Raiders, those two are possible. Pulls off two or three, two out of three games between Cincinnati, Miami, and Buffalo towards the end of the season. You would probably have to say this would be one of Belichick's greater coaching jobs and getting the team in the playoffs because this team should not be sniffing the playoffs at all. But if it can pull off two in a row and something looks kind of correct, it it, it just might work. Um, like in fact, I, I think it would add to the hatred that that people have for Belichick. Um, here's Ty Law talking about LaShawn McCoy's comments about saying, ah, oh, Belichick isn't the greatest of all time. He's more like a Marvin Lewis without Tom Brady. Here's, here's you know, that, Ty that's Law. That's shady. I know he, he has his podcast. You got to think. You got to uh, understand, guys, a lot of uh, uh, players across the board, you know, ain't, ain't, ain't a fan of the Patriots or Bill Belichick. It's always going to be some type of little digs or hate spewed out there because they always lost. I mean, when you stand up top, people try to pick away at uh, – Tom Brady's success or anything, you know what I mean? I understand that he's the GOAT, but come on, how much, I mean, look at the source. Yeah, I mean, you can't can't beat him. Couldn't beat us. So, uh, look, Shady McCoy is a great uh, 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 player, don't get me wrong. I mean, a, a great player. But to say something like that, you know, is, 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 is pretty, you know, stupid in my opinion. I mean, look, I mean, look at the track record. Look at the rings. To say a 500 coach not better than this person, that person, I think that's just the click, clickbait. Well, that's his name, Shady. He, 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 don't, he don't believe his damn self. Yeah, yeah, but it would be very. It would be. It, it would be an unbelievable run if the Patriots. Let's just say they win the next two. If they can beat Arizona and can beat the Raiders, because you figure there might be a, a mental edge over Josh McDaniels. You know, you might. You might know it's like, hey, every Sunday at at about four o'clock, no matter where he is in the world, he has to he has to use the restroom. And I think you, I think regardless of the schedule, too, like this would be a probably the best win of the year considering all the opponents that the Pats have faced. Like as they've had like really bad yeah. quarterbacks and whatever stuff like that. Like I think if you beat, uh, I mean, it'd be, Arizona it'd be or Vegas, it, that'd be would, that'd be legit. It would be hard to say your best win of the year comes over a team that's four and eight. That would be kind of tough to say, but you could say if you don't win this game and lose to a four and eight team. The season is done, and you really have to be questioned. Like, do you really think this team has a chance in three of its last four games, which would be Raiders, Cincinnati, uh, the Dolphins, and then the Bills? Like, do you think they have a chance in all four of those games? Like, maybe one more. So, we'll see. That's why you play the game. You never know what happens. No one thought that Baltimore would be without Lamar Jackson for week to week, or look what's going on with San Francisco, where they're out. Well, Jimmy G may come back at some point. But right now, like at this point, at the most crucial point of the season, they're playing Mr. Irrelevant as their quarterback. So anything can happen in this league. I mean, look, if the Patriots run off five in a row, they're they're a national story. Like they're back on prime time because you'd have to be. But you, you know, like a team that suddenly wins five straight and finishes the season eleven and six, you'd be like, oh my gosh, who had their feet up on the rope in that match? 
All right, 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. It's KJ Late Night. Still to come, we'll talk Red Sox. Plus, we're going to play NFL Dead or Alive next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Yeah. Late night. W-E-E-I, it's KJ. Thank you so much for hanging out. Remember, you can listen on the Odyssey app for free on your phone. Look, you can hear all the stations across the platform. You can hear everything across the country right here at W-E-E-I. It's better than Twitter. (laughs) It is. But look, all you got to do is just type in uh, W-E-E-I. You come in, take you right to the page. Click the little heart. Saves you as your favorite. You can listen to past shows and skip through parts. Now, Joe, I don't know who I need to negotiate with, but, like, I get no Twitch stream. I don't think I get the rewind function on my stuff. But, hey, I'm going to let other people know they can get it for other shows. Yeah. Sometimes being avant-garde means you're avant-out. This is crazy when I tell you this right now. Celtics are up by, wait for it, 39 points. (laughs) And not just 39 points, 39 points over the best team in the Western Conference. Not today. <laughs> look, I was one of those that thought that, look, the Celtics could be a little fatigued. They traveled from Toronto all the way to Phoenix to play a game from a day ago. But now it makes sense. They're like, mm, maybe they want to ramp things up because Golden State is in like a nail-biter right now with, with Utah 123-122. So they're probably like, you know what? Let's just go ahead and get this beat down in on Phoenix, feel real comfortable for a Saturday night showdown. That I, should I, actually, I should actually uh, clarify that, that. Uh, Utah, Utah just, hit now a, just, won. just hit a game winner. Yep, and just won it. So now the Saturday game between Golden State, who's just lost a buzzer beater, and Boston, who's just absolutely throttling Phoenix right now, with the return of Chris Paul, uh, should make for a very interesting game Saturday night on ABC. That's gonna be that's gonna be some good stuff right there. All right, a couple minutes, about five ten minutes, we'll talk about the Red Sox and their big moves today. We'll hear what Bradford, Rob Bradford had to say on Greg Hill's show this morning. But let's look at who's about to go and who's still living in the old NFL situation. Hit it, Joe. Yeah. You won. He's really alive. You're dead to me, boy. No manger Las Vegas and no manger Miami. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. NFL dead or alive. We go through the teams to let you know if I think they're still living or, or they're dead. Now, here's what's kind of crazy. A few times we've done this, there are some teams that were dead that are now living. So watch this. 
in the NFC East, the Philadelphia Eagles. They're rolling. They're 11-1. I don't think they're really going to wake up until they play Dallas in their second. They're going to play Dallas in their second meetup here uh, on Christmas Eve. So, Philly, they're alive for sure. The Cowboys, who I just mentioned, two games behind them in the loss column, 9-3. and three. But I think as long as the Cowboys continue to kind of stay where they are and maintain their flow, they'll be fine even going into the playoffs. I think their goal is to see the Eagles a third time, possibly in a NFL, in a NFC uh, quarterfinals match. So uh, hang out for that because Dallas, not only are they alive, but they're a growing favorite to win the Super Bowl. The Giants, 7-4-1. and one. And look, this was a team that people were excited about. Brian Dayball, the culture had changed. At one time, they had only had two losses. Now they're up to four and a tie. The Giants, to me, are dying. You're dead to me, Giants. You know it. Because the Washington Commanders at 7-5-1 and five and one are ready for that showdown that's being flexed in as the Sunday night game in two weeks. So if the Giants and Commanders can kind of keep the ship where things are right now, I say the Commanders are actually alive. In the NFC North, the Vikings continue to roll, and you can really thank Green Bay for that. They're 10-2, but no one really feels like they're a dominant 10-2, but they're going to win the NFC North absolutely with, with no issues at all. They're alive. This one is going to shock you, but they're going to have to run some type of table. That's the Detroit Lions at 5-7. and seven. They're alive. Yes, at seven losses. If they lose this weekend, they'll be dead next week. I need a double one. That's shocking. Yes, the Detroit Lions are still alive. In fact, they're favored in their game against the Vikings, which is strange. So if they beat the Vikings, well, it doesn't necessarily hurt the Vikings in their standing. They will. That would put Detroit at six and seven, and keep them on that very cusp and edge of getting into the playoffs. Green Bay, five and eight, they're dead. You're dead, and you know it. Now in Chicago, I know the fan base feels alive, but at three and ten, they're dead. You're dead, and you know it. If you wanted to see Lazarus come from the dead, it happened with Tampa Bay against the Saints the other night. They were down 13-3 with three minutes left. It's like, uh, I'm going to sleep. I got to do BetQL in the morning. Uh, no, they're now 6-6. Six and six, And by getting to 500, they're for sure now alive in the NFC South. And by that win, they've killed off the Falcons. The Falcons were 5-8, and eight, and if the Bucks had lost, that would have kept them within a game of, of that tight, top spot in the NFC South. But the South is so horrible. Falcons are dead. Carolina Panthers, they gave life to Baker Mayfield, but they're dead. You're dead, and you know it. Saints missed their chance. They won Monday night. They would have only been a game, a half game behind the Bucks, but now they're dead. You're dead, and you know it. I feel like you could do that for just whoever's in first place in the South. Just be like, oh, first place is alive, everyone else is dead. Yeah, pretty much someone has to live, right? Like... If it wasn't if, if it wasn't this way, everybody in the South would be dead. NFC West, the 49ers lead the conference, uh, lead the division, the eight and four record. With Jimmy Garoppolo going down, I think they now appreciate what seems to be average is better than unknown 
almost undrafted quality in Brock Purdy. I I look, I'm gonna say San Francisco's still alive. But stay tuned because the Seattle Seahawks are still only a game behind the 49ers. And if you look at the two records, the Seahawks have a better chance of winning three games, and the 49ers, 49ers have a better chance of losing three games. So stay tuned because the Seahawks are alive just because the 49ers quarterback situation could be dead in our face. Yeah, the Cardinals, they've been struggling, and there's just a lot of dysfunction on that team. At 4 and 8, they're dead. You're dead, and you know it. Oh, how the mighty have fallen with the Los Angeles Rams. And Super Bowl champions now. Everybody's off this week. No Stafford, no Aaron Donald. Cooper Cup is out. Baker Mayfield may be the quarterback. Like, literally, Baker Mayfield may look at a better option. And the Rams, they've been dead. You're dead, and you know it. They're one of those teams where it's like, stop it, they're dead already. Right, so in the NFC, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight teams that are alive. That means one of them are going to (laughs) die. Don't you love this right here? (laughs) AFC, let's go to the AFC West first with the Kansas City Chiefs at nine and three. They're alive and kicking and the division is theirs. The Los Angeles Chargers sit at six and six. And by sitting with only six losses, they're still alive. The Raiders on a roll. They've won three in a row, and they're favored against the Rams at five and seven. Just three weeks ago, I had this team dead. They are now alive. And it'll be interesting when they face where what is their record when the Patriots and the Raiders play each other. That may be the ultimate like who dies game. In the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans are 7-5, and five, but just fired their general manager, I think just because of what A.J. Brown did <laughs> to them in that Eagles game. At 7-5, and five, they're alive, but they've got a lot of turmoil going on. Maybe for time purposes, the Colts, they're dead. You're dead, and you know it. You know, so many people thought that Jacksonville would be kind of this sleeper team. Yet, sleep is the cousin of death. Jacksonville, they're dead. You're dead, and you know it. The Texans are a 16-and-a-half-point underdog this week. You're dead, and you know it. Thank you. Let's go to the AFC North where things have really picked up. The Ravens at 8-4 and four are in a tie for first. Even though Lamar Jackson is week-to-week, week, I think they're going to be okay. They may not win the AFC North, but... They are alive. Boy, not only is this one alive, they're alive, they're showing their teeth, they're aggressive, they're leaving blood on the dance floor. The Cincinnati Bengals are the most dangerous team in the AFC right now at 8-4. and They're definitely alive, and I would think that the Chiefs need to watch out, and so do the Bills, and I'll tell you why shortly. But the Cleveland Browns at 5-7, and give them a massage. Nah, they're dead. You're dead, and you know it. That's a slow, relaxing death. On that one. Well, yeah. Roll over. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at five and seven. They're doing some nice things. They're going to have their first losing season, most likely. They're dead. You're dead, and you know it. Now let's get to the AFC East, where it just gets super interesting, and you might be shocked at a couple of them. What I tell you, 
Buffalo Bills at nine and three. They've turned the corner with some things, but you know, as long as the Bills are facing subpar opponents, you know, you can almost say they can get wins. But when they face competitive teams, I don't necessarily buy them as the final AFC East winner. But the Bills are alive at nine and three. Number two in the AFC East, the Miami Dolphins at eight and four. I think, I think uh, Mike uh, McDaniel's is the coach of the year. For sure, what he's done with Tua, you would not have seen this coming. They're definitely alive and are very dangerous in the AFC. The Jets are 7-5, and five, and boy, it's starting to feel a lot like fool's goal. They're a nine-point dog against the Bills, even though they beat the Bills three weeks ago. At 7-5, and five, get it, the Jets are dead. You're dead, and you know it. Your New England Patriots, 506-6, important game against the 4-8 Cardinals. They've got to pretty much win outright to be able to show a a favorable showing in the playoffs. 11-6, that would be a miracle. 10-6 would be a miracle. 10-7 would be a miracle. 9-8 would be a miracle. 8-9? Patriots are dead. I just don't see the. I can see them beating Arizona, the Raiders. Yeah, show me how they beat the Bengals, the Bills, and the Dolphins again. Yeah, I know you got to play the game, but they played at least two of them already. It hasn't worked out. All right, so if you look at the playoff picture in the NFC, the Eagles are the number one seed, Vikings two seed, San Francisco three seed, Tampa the four seed, Cowboys five, Giants six, Seahawks seven. I believe the Giants fall and the Commanders at 7-5-1 and one could pull themselves into either that 6 or 7 spot. The Lions are two games out or a game and a half out of that last spot, but they're the last one on the train. If they beat the Vikings this weekend, then you have something. In the AFC playoff standings, Bills are number one, Chiefs are two, Ravens three, Titans four, Bengals five, Miami six, Jets seven. I believe Cincinnati will move from the four spot all the way to the two spot. I think they're just from the five spot to the two spot. So you may be looking at a Ravens-Titans opening matchup at the 4-5. Dolphins could be the one. They may stay at the six. The Jets at seven. I don't see that. The Patriots and the Chargers have six losses apiece. The Raiders have seven losses. I think it comes down to those three getting that last final playoff spot. And there's NFL dead or alive. All right, Joe, there you go. Yeah, let me go back to the AFC. How many teams do they have alive in there? See if that makes sense. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have eight, I have eight teams alive in each division. It's almost perfect, right? When you think about it, like someone, someone's got to die. Yeah, perfect duality. Yeah, because you know, I, I and that's not something that I'm like, huh, I got to balance it out. It's not like I'm trying to pour, you know, my my lemonade and tea mix for the perfect Arnold Palmer. It's nothing like that. I'm trying to remember. Did you have the Bengals dead at the last time we did this? Because I'm because no. like okay, because I was gonna say like if they were dead, they're like that uh, metaphor where it's like the most dangerous animals are wounded animals. 
So like like a Bengal. I exactly. see where you're going. Yeah, a white striped Bengal. There you go. You know, Joe. Some of your double your your, rub, your my double entendres are rubbing rubbing off on you, uh, and that should all that be should be rubbing off on you. Um, yeah, the Bengals are dangerous. At one point, what you're getting at was they were below the the seven line at one point, like a few weeks ago. They were below the seven line, like when they were like three and four, something like that. And so, um, yeah, if there's a team in the AFC that I, I I can really see, like it's it's interesting. I see the Jets and the Giants almost taking the same precipitous fall. Um, I think the Patriots just have too tough of a schedule to tell me that they're going to win four out of five. They literally have to win four out of five just to make just to get to ten and seven. And ten and seven may may be enough. It might not be. I mean, you've got one, two. Three, three teams that are still at least two games away from losing seven, at least two games. So, yeah, seven's the magic number. Like once, I think once a team has hit eight losses, right? The teams that have eight losses: Colts, Jags, Houston Texans. Yeah, they'll officially Broncos. be out. They're all. They're all. They're 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 dead waiting. And in the and in the, in the NFC. Let's see here. We're talking about in terms of like how many have eight losses. Green Bay, Chicago, Falcons, Panthers, Saints, Cardinals, Rams. Yeah. Eight's that number right now. If you have eight losses right now, you can pretty much presume that you are not making it. And they're all dead. Lions are on the fringe, though, and you say the Lions, they're alive. They've got seven losses. They are alive. They're hanging by a, by a lion's tooth. Okay, that was bad. All right, we'll cover Red Sox here next before we get out of here. KJ Late Night here on WEEI. Thank you so much for hanging out. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Is he a guy that's going to be looking for somewhere between... 25 and 28 million dollars a year and then the bigger question that uh, that i want to ask is he worth that yeah he's worth it and, and by the way you let him get to this market so shame on you you let him get to this market and this is the price you have to pay that is he worth it it doesn't matter anymore what mm-hmm. he's worth it this is what it is and and you when you see trey turner get 11 years at what he got when you see judge and we see all these guys if people are paying an insane amount of money for free agents. This isn't like a couple years ago. It's completely opposite. Mm-hmm. People are spending money all over the place, and, and Xander Bogarts is going to get his money. And when it comes to is it worth it or not in terms of a big investment for him and going above and beyond what you think that you should pay him, 
you have to think it is for the same reason the Yankees saw Judge. Because if you lose him, you lose a foundation guy, not only on the field, but off the field. That would be a huge, huge hit. And I think that that was a huge part of what the Yankees did when estimating how much Judge is worth. Late night. W-E-E-I, it's KJ. Thank you so much for spending the last 15 minutes, 25 minutes, 26 minutes, two hours. Uh, it's always free on the Odyssey app. Just type in W-E-E-I 93.7. It brings you here. You can play shows back and forth. You can skip chapters. It even like lays it out for you. That's Rob Bradford, who was on Greg Hill's show this morning, talking about the value of Xander Bogarts uh, and what his number would be. And what do you know? Bradford and I are like a million dollars off. I said that. Xander should be getting no less than $27 million a year. And I give it I give it to Heimblum. He makes moves today. Matazaka, five years, $90 million. Kenley Jensen, closer, two years, $32 million. So the money stays down. I still think that they need a bat. They clearly have to get Xander signed to be able to make this a functioning team. And then maybe you can see a couple of pitchers that really need to pick, be picked up because really right now you're, you're just dealing with Pavetta, Bayo, and Sale maybe at this point as your starter. So you need pitching. I would definitely look at Syndergaard, Sean Manea. Uh, it looks like there's still maybe some interest between Corey Kluber and the team. Corey Kluber would be key. also heard Seth Lugo possibly. Yeah, Johnny Cueto. I, I think you have to look. If, if you're thinking like how Hein Bloom is thinking that, okay, can I get – two or three guys that are number two threes that can get in there and give me good innings every fifth fifth game, knowing that I have good pitchers to pick from to be in the bullpen, because now you can move Matt Barnes back into that 7-8 that role versus the ninth, right? Or Garrett Whitlock comes out of, you know, Tyler, Tyler Houck, Tanner Houck, I'm sorry, uh, into earlier into the game, and now you have better quality pitchers that you can put in the game in the fifth, sixth, seventh inning, which has been the problem. So if there's one thing I would give a lot of credit to Hein Bloom so far is not going the El Cheapo way in trying to find these middle relievers like he did last year. Like I, I called them the Band-Aid boys. <laughs> like all of them had Band-Aids on them, and they would go in there, and the Band-Aids would get ripped off. Now if you could take some of those pitchers that perform better at the back end of the game and move them to the middle now that you have a definitive closer, Maybe Matt Barnes, like I said, you move him to the eighth. And so now you're that's why you get some two, three guys. Like you don't have to get an A number one starter all day. Just get to and it could be Syndergaard. You just don't know. But you would say, like, look, okay, Syndergaard is kind of like a two pitcher, but maybe he can reinvent himself as a one. I'm just trying to think in the way of how Heim Bloom doesn't want to just say, I just want to pay for a guy who's done all these things so far, versus, okay, is there good value out there? Syndergaard and Manea are both 30. So if these guys come through for you, then, hey, they've got a home. You've got a couple of pitchers for four years. And now you have a a strong nucleus that you could say, all right, you don't necessarily have to depend so much on power because where does that bat come in? Does it look like Joey Gallo? Is it Trey Mancini? Uh, Do you take a chance on Luke Voigt with a left-handed bat that, you know, you'll get a lot of swings, misses, same thing with Gallo. Uh, you know, that, that could be the tricky part. You know, some people mentioned maybe Vasquez comes back. That's not a bat. That's just like another clubhouse and an additional catcher. So it, it'll be interesting to see where the Red Sox move next. I, you know, right now, if I had to give Heim Bloom a grade, I mean, why why should I give him anything less than a B plus so far in the winter meetings? Why not? The, the, 
what because the question was what would be the A? You know, if Rodon was already here and you got him for a great deal, maybe. But you know, you've got a you've got a star from Japan who let's just call it what it is. A lot of a lot of teams are going to go after him. So if you could get him to come first, that's even better. Two, I don't think you have to look at him as a, I would not look at Makazada as a power hitter because you have not seen him hit any home runs in Major League Baseball parks. But good walk ratio doesn't strike out much, almost never strikes out. Those are the things that say, okay, you can do hit and run with Trevor Story, who's a little bit of speed. You know, there are different things that you now have in place where the strikeout numbers are going to come way down than from what Tommy Pham last year, who was serviceable, but it's a last place team. So all very interesting. We'll continue to see what happens at the winter meetings. Just continue to hang out with WEEI because as we get shocked, we'll let you know that we've been shocked with news from Heimbloom, who whose jive turkey has been spared. They will, he will not. He will not get a jive turkey for two years in a row. All right. Um, ha, do you watch Yellowstone at all, Joe? No, but I've heard a lot of things. Oh about my it. God, that is an that is an addiction right there. You know what my other addiction is right now? If you have kids sitting nearby, you might want to put your hands over their ears. I have this app where Santa calls my phone, and I can now use it as a behavioral tool. So my kid gets out of line. Santa can call me within a minute and say exactly what they did wrong just by going through like a... Because kids do the same wrong things all the time. <laughs> so that's going to be a Christmas goal. You'll thank me later for it if one you have of, a kid. One of the few names that can inspire fear oh, into your Santa, kid's eyes. Yeah, my kid's going to school saying Santa said I, I wasn't good. <laughs> all right, follow WEEI at Twitter, at WEEI, at KJ Carson at Twitter. Have a wonderful Wednesday night. Talk to you again Friday evening, 6 p.m. here on WEEI. See ya! T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.